right on in. Come right on in, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Great evening. Great morning. Wherever you may be tuning in live with us, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube, come right on in because I have a treat for you all today. <laughs> I have none other than Anisha Freeman. So welcome, 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 Anisha. Thank you. Thank you, for Pamela, for having me. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and tag as many people as possible. Your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your cousins, your uncles, your enemies, your frenemies, <laughs> all of the above, because you're definitely in for a treat today. So we are so happy and grateful that you've taken out time out of your busy schedule to share your evening or morning or afternoon with us for episode number seven of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This, right? Where it is my mission, yeah. my goal, and my desire to share with the world the crisis or those traumas that God has permitted in our lives, and then those triggers or those defining moments where God was building our faith along the way, and then, of course, those triumphs where we give God the glory in our story and help the millions of people who are out here waiting to be helped. So Amen. when I say you're in for a treat today, <laughs> you're in for a treat. So I am so honored and so happy to have none other than my featured guest today, uh, none other than Anisha Freeman. Anisha Freeman was born and raised in the church while being mentally, listen at this, ladies and gentlemen, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, and spiritually abused mm -hmm. at home. She was taught by she was taught about God, but did not know him personally and thus became a target for lies, for the lies and the tricks of Satan. She spent 15 years residing in the drug and subcultures in Detroit, Michigan, wrestling with the strongholds implanted in her mind during childhood. And then I'm going to read on and read on and read on. She has a lot of uh, phenomenal accolades. Uh, so during those very trying times in her life, and I'm not going to steal any of her thunder because I need her to tell her story <laughs> and tell it like it happened. <laughs> so listen at this. She met God in uh, a place when he went to go get his lost sheep. And on the seventh day of the eighth month of the year 2000, God delivered Anisha from a $300 to $400 a day. Did you hear me? A day crack cocaine habit and began restoring her to sanity since leaving the streets. Anisha since then has graduated. Listen at this. Summa cum laude. <laughs> Thank you, Lordy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, four times with an associate degree in computer applications technology, a bachelor's degree in business studies, a master's uh, of business administration, and a master's of social work. Ms. Freeman is also a certified alcohol and drug counselor, CADC and a certified peer recovery mentor under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Anisha wrote and developed a cognitive restructuring and re-socialization program entitled The Lies That Bind. Come on now, The <laughs> Lies That Bind. Somebody gonna get broke. <laughs> so The Legacy of the Lock. The program is based on the works of several experts in the field of neuroscience and psychology. The program also utilizes concepts from computer program as the mind uh, as the mind operates like a computer. Anisha combines several disciplines under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and introduces people to the lies that Satan planted in their unconscious minds as children. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Somebody yep. getting ready. Yes. Free. Amen. Okay. She is 
anointed and instructed. Uh, let me see. She is anointed to instruct, planted in. Let me go back. Let me go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> she is anointed to instruct people on how to reprogram their minds to think in accordance to the word of God. Anisha is well known. She is a well-known secular lecturer, a therapist, a trainer, a motivational speaker, as well as an evangelist for the kingdom of God. My God. And she has a, a wall. You could you could, you know, her a wall with the accolades and of her bio. And so I am so pleased and so honored to have you share this time with us, Anisha. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for having me, Pamela. It's an honor. Absolutely. So we know a little bit about what your bio says. Yes. So will you please share with our audience today, what was that thing or those traumatic things that God allowed to happen to you in your life? Well, I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. I'm the youngest of nine children. And unfortunately, my mother suffered with several mental disorders. She wasn't diagnosed until I became an adult. I now know as my own, as being a master's level therapist, I'm now aware that my mother suffered with paranoia schizophrenia. She suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder, depression, and mm. she was a religious fanatic. So mm. I suffered mental, emotional, and physical and spiritual abuse from her. And my babysitter was a family member who had an unnatural affection for children. So I started being molested at the age of six. So there was just every day of my life was trauma. And when I look back on my childhood, it was almost like I was raised in a torture chamber. Literally, those were the traumatic experiences of my childhood. And what was so devastating is that it was the abuse from my mother was done in the name of God. So I was really confused about wow. God. He is, his, her lifestyle and the mental illness and the abuse gave me a distorted concept of God early in my life. Wow, wow, wow. That, just thinking about that alone, the mental, the physical, the emotional, Spiritual yes. abuse. Yes. Wow. In the yes. name of God. And so this that that's that's this is gonna be very powerful. So I want you to walk us through how did you get out of that? And so and, and you said that when how what age did you realize what was going on and did you tell somebody or how did that happen? Well, that was part of the trauma is that I have, I'm the youngest of nine. So I have eight brothers and sisters. So most of my siblings left as soon as they could. Mm-hmm. They knew that my mother was sick, that, she, that something was wrong with her. And so they escaped as soon as they could. My sister, who's three years older than me, she ran away so many times that she was removed. The state removed her. And wow. to this day, I never understood why they didn't come and check and see if if there was another child in the house. So mm-hmm. part of the trauma was my siblings being aware of the abuse I was enduring. Other family members, like extended family members, aunts and uncles, they would make comments, you know, that your mama surely is crazy, baby. You know, say stuff like wow. that. But I'm sitting there with this look like, help me. Right. You know, and, right. and people didn't do anything. And so that was part of the, the trauma is other people being aware of the abuse, but Satan using that to say, you, you are so inconsequential that people will not even try to help you. And so mm. Satan used all of that to implant lies into my belief system about my worth and value as a person. Mm-hmm. But see, because my mother had became a, a religious fanatic, she wasn't a religious fanatic when she was having children by different men and, 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 doing other things, but Mm -hmm. she had became a religious fanatic by the time I was born. So even though the mental illness was there and the abuse was there, she introduced me into the word of God. It was via dogma. She used to make me read the Bible out loud for hours. When I came home from school, 
she had me memorize, it started with verses, and then she started having me memorize chapters. I memorized the 23rd Psalm, Psalms 91. I was raised in Bethesda Missionary Temple. It used to, it was located on Van Dyke and Nevada when I was was being raised. The perf- the Winans have that property now. Now mm. it's perfecting church. But when mm. I was growing up, it was Bethesda Missionary Temple under the Bill family. Bethesda wow. Temple has moved out to Sterling Heights, Michigan now, and it's under some uh, different leadership. But I was raised in a church where they would walk you. They, it was so large that they had departments for age group, Pam, age groups, Pamela. They would walk us from Genesis to Revelation in comics at one level. And then when you move to the next grade level or age level, they would take you back through the scriptures with comic books, but it was at a different level. So it was like they were giving you the word in, in, in toddler food and, and infant, you know, the milk then toddler food. And at age 12, you had to go through Christian catechism. My Christian catechism instructor was Patricia Bill, who wrote the Christian catechism book, Understanding God. We had to know the dispensations, the foundations, the Apostles' Creed. We had to have the evidence of the Holy Spirit with, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So at the same time, all this abuse is going on at home, but I'm being saturated in the word of God. My mother, we didn't have a television for years in our in our home because my mama said it was the devil's box. So, mm-hmm. but it was a radio there, and it stayed on the Christian station twenty four seven. So I'm fifty seven now. So I mm-hmm. grew up listening to Or Roberts, Billy Graham. We also went to with churches and buses to their crusades. Catherine Kuhlman. I grew up listening to R W Schambach on the radio. Merle Marilyn Hickey J. Vernon McGee. I'm talking about just saturated in between the abuse. So even though my mother would verbally abuse me, and this is not the character assassinate my mother. I love my mother. I've forgiven my mother. She died recently. She died in December. And I understand mental illness now. And I also understand demonic strongholds. And so I'm forgiving her. But she gave me a weapon. She gave me a weapon. She gave me the keys, which are, which is the word of God. She had oh, found the keys, but she didn't know how to use them. But she gave them to her baby. She gave it Come to on, her now. baby. And even though she didn't know how to use them, she was so locked up in her mind. Even though she passed me the locks because that's all she knew how to do. This was generational curses. Passing yeah, these yeah. locks from generation to generation. She locked me up, but she handed me the keys too. Come on, and it now. took me years to figure out that I had the keys and the locks and the keys all mixed up together. And wow, so wow. around age let me, 12, let me, let, go let ahead, I'm sorry. You, let, me right <laughs> let me stop you right there because you're on a roll. I love this. Let me see here. This is good. So let me make something clear to my audience. She gave you a mouthful, right, of the scriptures and the the seeds that were planted in her, right, Uh, as a child. And by no means is that the wrong thing to do, okay? By no means, no stretch of the imagination, okay? So stay with us because this story is getting ready to get real good, okay? So understand the foundation that was laid. And it was, it was abuse. It was abuse. It was given to me a dogma. There's no way there was, you know, it was because of her mental illness. Now the word will not return void. So no matter how it was given to me, it's not going to return void. But the way it was given to me was abusive. Other kids Mm -hmm. would be outside playing after school and I'm in there memorizing the names of the books of the Bible in chronological order. Pamela, I could name them at the age of five. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd, 2nd, 1st, 2nd, King, 1st, 2nd, Chronicle, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Sons of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. I can do that to Revelation. I could do it at age five. And then when her friends came over, I would have to come out and recite either the books of the Bible or Psalms 91, Psalms 23, whatever she would have me memorize. And it was so hard for me. I would be sitting there just, you know, because I wanted validation and recognition from her so 
so badly because she never had anything nice to say to me. And I know now it was her own trauma and the mental illness. Right, right. But back then, I was a child. My unconscious self-concept was being programmed. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. Right. That verse is explaining exactly. in neurology and psychology. The, the brain is developed. The mind is programmed. So in between Satan putting all these lies into me, like there's something wrong with you compared to others, you come up short, you have to accept abuse without question. People are only right, tolerating right. you. All of these lies in between, I have to memorize the scriptures. So my wow. mother's standing over me, calling me a dumb door, a stupid hussy, an ignorant slut. Those were the three terms she, she used all the time for me. Wow. But I memorize wow. and I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a royal priesthood. Come I had to memorize now. it so I could impress her friends when they came over for Bible study. Wow. I did not know that the locks and the keys were all being mixed up together. Yes, God yeah. knew. God, God knew, knew what was going to take yeah. place in yeah. your future. And I started self-medicating wow. the trauma with food as a child. That was my first drug of choice, food. I was medicating my trauma with food. I didn't know that's what I was doing. And then when I got to be a teenager in my family, we grow up physically fast. So at the age of 11, most of us look like grown adults. So at the age of 11, I look like a grown woman. It was just a wounded, hurt little girl in the body of a woman in the city of Detroit. Not a good combination. And so I got introduced to smoking marijuana and drinking alcohol at between the ages of 11 and 12 and 13. I became a teen mama, teen mom at the age of 14 and became an emancipated youth and had my own apartment and things of that nature. But I didn't know how to live. Now, I could quote all the names of the books of the Bible, but I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to get ID. I didn't know how to do. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know how to live. It was like my mom put me in this game called life, but she didn't teach me how to play. Wow. And it oh, was she, just, she was teaching you. She was teaching she me was the teaching word of God. Without, exactly. Right. But she without didn't teaching. teach me practical living skills. And that's right. unfortunately that happens sometimes in families where people yeah. teach their children about the Bible and the word of God, but they don't teach them about life on life terms, how to open up a bank account, how to yeah. recognize people who are not of the kingdom you know how to yeah, recognize yeah. darkness and, and and because there was so much light because i i've learned since that whoever whatever anointing you sit under the anointing flows down i got yeah. I, I when i got the holy spirit it, it was at a w rw shambach tent meeting so i mm. i just sat under the bill anointing the rw shambach anointing the j vernon mcgee anointing the marilyn hickey anointing the Oral wow. Roberts anointing, the Billy Graham anointing, the, Coo, on the Catherine Cool, because we went to those, we went in buses to those crusades. So wow. when I did get introduced to, to drugs on a higher level, to cocaine and freebasing, and then eventually crack cocaine, there was wow. no way in the world Satan's kingdom should have let me up in that crack house. They had a Trojan horse on them. Because even though I came with the same emotional predispositioning of most people that were there seeking the absence of pain because that's mm. what we were doing in the dope house seeking mm. the absence of pain it wow. was a demonic trap Satan put all these lies in people's minds that torment them and then he'll sell them a little piece of dope that give them mm. some artificial peace for three minutes and it costs oh, 10 to 25 dollars to feel this artificial peace for three minutes that's a trap but they wow. had they had Genesis, as it does, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, sitting up in there. There's no way they should have. They should have gave me a card to a Christian, a card to a Christian psychologist and say, "You go get you some help. Don't come up in here." Because the Holy Spirit would come over me in the dope house. I get paranoid. I start speaking in tongues. I would start pleading the blood of Jesus in the dope what? house. I was paranoid. Like I get paranoid. You know they used to get control people with fear. Ain't no way in the world they should have figured it out. They ain't figured it out. I would be in there ministering to people and having to talk about. I'm an anointed therapist. I've been there, got people crying, talk about their childhood. In the dope house, bored everybody had. I also have the gift of administration. So I was trying to organize the dope house. I was trying to get them customer service training strategies. I was like, you don't talk to people like that. People are spending money with you and you're not talking to them appropriately. The dope man, oh, look, the dope man would be sitting me down, talking about, now let's, we're going to try this one more time. 
This is my dope house. You're not running anything. You are a crackhead. I am the drug dealer. Right? So like, I would be sitting there, I was like, but you're not doing this right. I can help you. You know, and so I tried to unionize the prostitutes. I tried to get all the people on oh dope God. to go on strike. I said, let's all take value and don't buy no dope because they ain't treat us right. So they like, so the drug dealers were like really glad when I got stopped using dope. Even though I made a lot of money, they was like, she's she's just she's a problem. I don't care how much money she bring in. She needs to go with that mess. You know, it was the anointing because light recognizes darkness and yes. they knew yes. I didn't belong there. They mm -hmm. knew I didn't belong there. Come on now. But I'm Pamela, during those years that I was out there, God revealed himself to me because you can't memorize God. I memorize all those scriptures, but you can't memorize God. And That's so right. when I went to God, God is revealed. He's not memorized. He, you, yeah. He's revealed. So all of those Bible verses, all of that training and conditioning, I still didn't know God. I didn't want anything to do with my mama's God. My mama, God was, she has, she's, her, her concept of God was this mean entity in the wow. sky with a lightning bolt waiting on you to blink wrong and he was going to get you. She would be on her out knees for hours. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. And I would be looking at her like, what did you do? Like, what did you do? That is like, I'll take all that. And then her favorite thing to say was, the righteous will scarcely make it. Now I say, so you gotta, you gotta do all that and you might not even make it. Everything was a sin. Watching TV was a sin. Dancing was a sin. Going to the movie was a sin. I was like, I don't like those odds. Like you gotta do all that. And then you can't eat and you might not make it. I went the complete opposite way. I didn't want anything to do with her God. Wow. But God doesn't suffer from low self-esteem. Come on now. That he knew that he had been misrepresented to me. And he, those years I was out there, he revealed his power and might to me. He introduced me to himself. He let, me, on, see Satan. He let me see Satan kingdom up close and personal. I have the gift wow. of discernment of spirits. Now he protected me because I didn't know I was sick sitting in pure evil in some of those places. But every now and then, God got a sense of humor. Every now and then, he would drop the veil and let me see what I was sitting in front of in the spirit realm. And that's wow. the times I would be in the dope house talking about, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because I would see, I could see what I was sitting in. They would be like, you got to get up out of here with all this. You belong to everybody high, you know? And so anyway, so God protected me. And I told, I, I, there was a time where a guy picked me up. I was on the street and, and it got to the point of my addiction where I couldn't support myself because I had worked in corporate America before I had, I had, uh, but when the, when addiction went, just, just got, went cross from abuse into dependency, I had to learn a different way to get some money. So they taught me, I went from the streets. I was raised in the church. They, wow. they, they tried to socialize me into the inner city subcultures and stuff. And so they taught me how to hustle and get money. But I didn't know anything about what I was doing out there. I was green. It's a cucumber. So I remember getting in a guy car one time in Detroit on Linwood Street. And, and this guy, he, I got in and he drove. And, well, you know, I was trying to, you know, negotiate a deal. And he drove about a block and stopped and looked at me and said, day your lucky day. And I was looking, I was like, okay. He was like, I said, I said, why? He said, because I'm going to let you get out of this car. And I saw death in his face and I had missed it when I got in. And so then when I stood outside that car and watched him pull away, that's when the verse was revealed to me. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all authority is given unto me in Absolutely. heaven and in earth. The Absolutely. demons believe and tremble. Suffer us not to leave the region. I had read all of that, but now I got to see the hierarchy yeah. of command in operation. Like they yeah. don't, he didn't have authorization to kill me. Mm, he didn't mm, have authorization. I could just imagine God say, pick up, now let out. He was exactly. revealing himself to me. Wow. I, would, I would have sat in dope houses where something and I know it was the Holy Spirit, something deep inside of me would be like, get up and leave right now. And I would get up and leave and something real bad happened right after I turned the corner. It wow. happened so sink in such sink that one time they thought I had set the place up that somebody had to vouch for me because they had me locked up in a room trying to get me to confess that I done set the, the spot up because it, it jumped off as soon as I ran up out of there. And somebody who knew, you know, me and the, the neighborhood, they was like, she ain't did that. She didn't do that, man. Let her up out of here. I know her. I vouch for her. But that was God revealing himself to me. Amen. On August Amen. the 7th of the year 2000, I was standing in front of a crack motel on West Grand Boulevard in Detroit. And I heard God say deep in my spirit, 
I have been out there 15 years. Mm. He said, leave now, right now or die here. He said, I have revealed myself to you. I have shown you who I am and I've shown you Satan's kingdom up close and personal. Mm. Now choose you this day who you will serve. He said, Amen. and if you don't leave, he says, the grace that's been covering your life is being lifted today. Come on now. And I walked away I that day and I haven't, I haven't been back. It's been 21 years and six months. No, as they say in the 12 step program, no slips, no dips and no weekend trips. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Wow. 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 To God be the glory. All the glory. All the glory. To God be the glory. All so the glory. All is not lost. Come no. on now. When you planting those seeds of the word mm-hmm. in your kids, but don't do it, you know. Via dogma. Uh, yeah. Via dogma. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What you say, but you know what, what Satan meant for bad, God will always turn it around Flip for his mm-hmm. good. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So, Share with them. You shared a story with me. Yes. About um, an incident. Yeah. When you were in the, a car, mm-hmm. and the guy let you out in in the woods. Okay. Well, yeah. No, that was a hit. That was a contract they had put on me because this is the this is this is why they had put it on. Yes, on yes, me. Because because they. Because I, when the Holy Spirit would come over me without my permission, and sometimes mm. when I was, even though I was one of their top hustlers, and they would tell people she wanted the top money getters out here in, in the neighborhood, but there's times when I could get, I would get in the car with somebody, and the Holy Spirit would come over me without my permission. What you say? I would have to start witnessing to the guy who picked me up, and it was you. It was and in hindsight, I know now these were people who had just started getting high. They still had a job. They still had a family. They had bank wow. accounts. They they was getting they was getting slowly. They Satan was getting ready to rob them of their life. Right. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit would come over me, and I would have to start telling them, "You really should get up out of here. This is what's gonna happen to you." When I first started getting high, I used to work in corporate America, and I would tell them all of that, and then I would tell them my story, and I'd be like, "You really need to get out of here. You think you're just having fun and getting high, but this is a trap. You get ready." And they would put some of them would put me out and go home. Wow. And then when I got out the car, because it didn't happen that often, I was supporting my habit out there. But when it did happen, when I got out, I would be standing there on the street like, what did I just do? No, I didn't just tell him to take his money and go home. What was I thinking? I didn't have a choice. And to this day, Pamela, I believe somebody was praying for those men. I believe somebody was praying because it didn't happen all the time. It only happened with certain people. Wow. And I believe those were people somebody was praying for. His word will not return return void. Amen. Amen. He sent his word. I don't believe. God sent me to the dope house. Amen. I believe he knew I was going and yeah, he sent yeah. his word. Yeah, yeah. That was a detour that huh? you made that choice. To but detour. I was it, but hey, the word back then, I don't know how the, the dope game is ran in other cities or how they're running it now, but back then it was very organized. And word got back. It was just not only did they see the problems I was creating at the dope house, praying in tongues and telling people. You know, that they should get their life together, helping people get off dope while I'm sitting there getting high. Anyway, they was, they were got back that I was doing that on the streets. Mm. So they sent the girl to me in Detroit. They they have their own language in some of their subcars. It took me 10 years to crack that, to understand they, what they were talking about, right? Anyway, so then they have, they talk in the third person, they use analogies and riddles. But anyway, I was standing out there on the streets and a girl came up to me and she announced the hit. She announced that I was getting, they had a hit on me. She announced it in the form of a movie. She said, girl, did you see that movie? And I'm not going to tell the details of what she said because it would traumatize people that's mm. listening right now. And I don't, I, I, so I'm real careful about saying, you know, details. I pray before I speak. Like I pray before I came and right, say, and right. part of my prayer every morning is help me not to say one thing more. Help me not to say one thing less. Help me not to do one thing more. Help me not to do one thing less than is necessary for your agenda to be accomplished through me. So I'm real careful about the details. When I first started talking, I testified I wasn't and God had to talk to me. So anyway, so she said something that let me know that they was, that some somebody had authorized a hit on me. Hmm. And so, and then she told me why. She said, for stopping the customers. 
And I didn't, you know, as they were saying, you messing with our money out here, telling people to get off dope and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, um, I didn't know when it was going to happen. That dare, the devil like to terrorize you. So here I am walking around. I, I, I got this three, $400 day habit. I got to get out there and get money. And every day I'm wondering, is this the person? Is it getting ready to happen now? Is this the person? You know, just terrorizing me. So it was scheduled to go down on Halloween. I didn't know. Hmm. It. So this was probably about a couple months after she announced it. So for two months, I'm walking around thinking, like, is it going to happen today? Is it going to happen today? Paranoid. And so, yeah, you know, already be paranoid because of the dope. Then. So, you know, not exactly. really paranoid, right? Exactly. And so, but by around that time, a guy, right after she told me what was going to happen, she announced it and walked away. A guy started picking me up. He said, all I want, he said, I don't want to. I don't want to do nothing with you physically. He said, all I want is to watch you and another woman wrestle. He said, you can have your clothes on. I'm not, I don't want to do anything with you. He said, I'm going to pay y'all a base rate. I'm going to give y'all this money up front. I'm going to demonstrate a wrestle move. And whoever can keep a person in there for the amount of I'm a time, y'all. If you can keep that person in the wrestle lock or wrestle move, you can hold them for this amount of time. I'm gonna give y'all twenty dollars. Then I'm gonna demonstrate. I'm gonna give whoever win. If she, if they get out, they get the twenty. If you hold them, you get the twenty, right? So he would do this. This man started picking me up regularly, and I was, I kept my weight when I in active addiction. I smoked crack, but I ate too. Like I had a food addiction, so like crack mm. is not me for eating. So he said, I like big girl. You know, the big girls with some meat on them. And I want somebody. Don't get no little skinny girl that you can beat up. Go get somebody that's just as big as you. And so. This happened for about two months. Off and on during the week, he would pick me, pick us up. We would go somewhere to a spot and he would have a fistful of 20 and he would be, te he was teaching me how to rest. He was, I had wrestle training. Wow. So, on, so on Halloween in Detroit, Halloween, I don't know how it is now. I ain't been out there 21 and a half years, but back then Halloween was what they call, the police call a zero tolerance night. Meaning that selling dope and doing other stuff is illegal for real on that night. So like on mm. that night, they had pull over the police. A lot of times they ignore you. But on that night, they pull over and say, you already know you're supposed to be out here tonight. Zero tolerance, get off the street. So the police yeah. had already told me to get off, but I was desperate. I didn't have mm. any money. So I was just like trying to time, you know, how far he was going to go before he came back and see if I could get, right, somebody right. And, you know, get some money. A guy picked me up and I, and I had rules. I didn't date young guys and stuff, but desperation make you do stuff. But this was a young guy. This was a guy. He looked like a, a well-to-do businessman. He had a suit on. He had a briefcase in his back seat. And he said, I've been watching you for a while. He said, and I would like to, you know, spend some time with you, but I got to make a run. It's about 30 minutes. He said, look, he pulled out a wad full of money. He said, I just want to, I just got to make this run. I don't want to take a chance. I'm not seeing you. I've been wanting to, you know, pick you up for a while. And so I said, well, can I stop and get my stuff? You know, I had a habit. And, you know, I'm going to be 30 minutes. I'm going to need my dope. So, he said, sure. And he gave me enough money to stop at a place. And I didn't know at the time, Pamela, that this was the man who had okayed the hit because he was like one of the guys that kind of ran that area and you could do nothing without his okay in that area. Mm -hmm. And so, so he, so I didn't know that I went in there and he gave me a whole lot of dough for that $20 and I was, cause he real stingy. So I thought something was weird. I'm like, oh, already there. Well, thank you. And so mm -hmm. we started driving. He said, I'm just going to drop this package off. And we're going to, then we go come back and, you know, hang out and I'm going to give you a lot of money. So we drive in and this man started talking about the history of Halloween. Now his little history lesson was weak because my favorite hobby is reading. And I understand what Halloween means. And I understand it's a satanic holiday. And I know it ain't true. about funds and games. I know what happens. And yeah, so we driving and driving and now we're getting, we've been driving longer than 30 minutes. He said it was a 30 minute run. I said, well, where are we going? And I'm still getting high. So now I'm paranoid. He driving and driving and now he talking about Halloween. And then we started getting out. He pulled off the highway and he went, started going. It, it was in Milan, Michigan. So we didn't drove from, we didn't drove from Detroit to Milan, Michigan. And we up in these dark places where it's only houses every so often. There's one of them, they sitting way off. It's dark. Ain't no street lights, it's woods. And then right when we was pulling off the freeway, he said, these people out here sure know how to celebrate Halloween properly. Now I know there's only one way to celebrate Halloween properly. And then at that moment, I remembered what the girl said to me about that who announced the hit two months prior. She told mm. me what they was going to do to me and how they mm. was going to do it. She, she acted like she was talking, did you see that movie when they took that girl? And she broke it down. And so- wow. 
Now I know what time it is, right? So that was I'm nothing but praying. the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So I'm praying inside of, I didn't pray out loud then. I was praying in my spirit. I was like, why don't mm -hmm. you just let me out? I'm like, I don't know what's going down, but why don't you just let me out? I'll, I'll find you later. You can pick me up tomorrow and I'll give you your money back that you spent on that dope, but I need to get up out of here. Why don't you just, he said, girl, you don't smoke that stuff and you paranoid and you tripping, right? So he pulled up into a dry, a long driveway. Way back, it was a house sitting way back. He didn't pull all the way there. He just pulled up a little bit. And he said, I'm going to run in here, drop this package off like I told you, and come back. He said, you just paranoid and tripping. He said, here, you want? I'm going to help you. You want to be comfortable here? I'm going to hand you my keys. He took his car keys and handed me the keys. Now, I've been working the street back then for about 15 years, a little, almost 15 years. So it's just certain things we do. It's tricks of the trade. So when he got in, when I got in the car, he locked it, you know, hit the automatic locks. I just do what we've been taught to do. I turn my body and go, <clears throat> and unlock it manually, right? So it was unlocked the whole time we was riding. And now I got my, my body position. This is just stuff you learn from being on the streets. I got my body position where I got my back to the door. He can't see that one of my arms is behind me on the door handle, right? Because you ain't made me feel comfortable. And so he gave me his keys. I had his keys and it was behind. But I got my hand on the handle getting ready to break wide. And so he opened the door, but I'd have been there, did that, and got the t-shirt. I done had guys try to rape me and rape me. I done had guys try to, you know, do all kind of stuff and act like they was getting ready. So I watched everything. So he opened the door and I saw his hand. It went down to the side of his seat and I already knew what time it was. He came up with a knife and he came around like this and I was already out the door by the time he got around. So I'm running down this street in Milan, Michigan. This is not a street, it's the woods, right? And, down this path, this, you know, it was a little, it's a path, it's a street, but ain't no street lights, it's woods. I, it was only one house. I hadn't seen a house for, I don't know how long besides this house. And that house where he pulled up to, it was one light on in the basement. Wow. Now, okay, that's all I was saying. It was one light on in the basement. So anyway, I'm running. And as I was running, I know now it was the Holy Spirit. I Back then, I was like, something told me it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, throw his keys in the woods. So I stopped mm. long enough to do like a, a, a David and with Goliath move. I swore, I twirled and I threw them, them keys as far as I could. He caught up with me and was he was like, help me find my keys. What is you doing? Help me find my keys and I might not kill you. Like, I'm going to be like, okay, let me help you. I'm like, okay. Right. So I'm acting like I'm trying to help him find his keys, but I'm really trying to find a way to break wide. And a car started coming. I saw the light, headlights of a car. And so he saw me looking, and I'm looking, and I ran and started running towards the car. And the person swerved and just almost hit me, but swerved and kept going. And he looked at me, he said, I don't know about you. Help me find my keys, and I might not kill you. So I saw some more headlights. And I made a decision right then, Pam. I said, if I'm going out, I'm going to go out my way. You're not taking me in that house and I'm not going in that basement. I'm going to go out on my own terms. Wow. I decided either that guy going to stop or he going to run over me. Wow. And so when he saw me, and I guess I don't know if he just saw the look in my face, like it's a rap dude. He grabbed me, threw me on the side, uh, over there on the side off the road and put me in a wrestle lot. I said, he put me, I've been <laughs> practicing how to get out of a restaurant for the past two months. Oh my goodness. The Bible, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil on and now. the good. The Bible says there is no human wisdom, understanding, or counsel that can prevail against the Lord. So when Come they on. was all plotting and planning what they was going to do, God was there. He's Come on my now. Present. He probably was sitting there like, oh, so that's the plan. That's what God planned on right. Right. Come on now. And so, so I can't tell you what I did. It was, I don't remember what I, in case I did this, I did that. All, I don't even remember. All I know is I got out there wrestle lot. I got out there wrestle lot and I ran in front of that, that guy's and he, he almost hit me. He swerved, but he stopped and he bagged up. He rolled out of his window and he said, what are you doing? And so I snatched his door open. I jumped in. I said, move, drive. I said, God brought me up out here. I said, he was trying to kill me. I said, drive. I said, he, he, he drove out here. He drove me out here. And the guy was like, he got a car? 
I said, but he ain't got no keys. And he drove me to the Myla police station. And I told him what happened. They was looking my name up trying to see if I, they was going to arrest me. They was, they was trying to see if I had any warrant so they could arrest me and stuff. But anyway, I called somebody and they came all the way out there and got me and took me back. Now, they dropped me off at my little hotel room I was renting. And one of the guys that, that you know, used to see me regularly, stop bad, just drop me some money off. And I'm trying to tell him what happened. And I, back then, I don't even remember why he didn't act shot. He didn't act shot. He just gave me mm. some money and left. So, I, you know, I went right back to the dope house. Now, I didn't know at the time that this was the man who had authorized it. I didn't know that. I knocked on the door. And when I walked in, people looked at me in shock when I walked in. And I walked in. I was like, whoo, y'all ain't gonna believe what just happened to me. Give me two. I was like, give me two. I need two. Y'all ain't gonna believe what just happened to me. And he was in the back, right? He didn't be out there with people getting high because he didn't play. He didn't get high and he didn't be out there. When he came out. He came out from the back and he had his phone in his hand. And he looked at me and he opened his phone. It was when they had the flip phones and he called somebody and he looked at me, did the punches pilot. He looked at me. He said, he said, Dick, this here, man. He was talking to somebody on the phone, but he was looking dead at me. He said, man, check this out. Check this out, man. If she came back from this one, I ain't messing with her. He said, if y'all gonna do something, y'all on your own. I said, he said, maybe she's supposed to be doing what she's doing, but I ain't messing with her. And tucked around and went back in this room. And that's when I- Look at God. Oh, MG. Oh, MG. She just- uh I just lost her, but did y'all hear that story? Hold on. We'll get her back here shortly. We'll get her back here shortly. But I tell you the truth. There we go. Anisha, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I don't know what happened to my camera. <laughs> there you go. But that's okay. The enemy is trying to stop it. But go ahead. When... Um, even though we can't see you, go ahead. Well, I'm gonna use my other camera. There you go. Are you gonna see but that? There's my... a wheel there. there. Oh, <laughs> come on now, come on, God, make it happen. <laughs> I got two cameras going on here. There you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that was just another way that God revealed Himself to me. You know, throughout those years, and that happened like a few. I don't remember the exact timeline because it was this been so long ago. But it did happen like a few months before I surrendered, standing in front of that that hotel. And so I still was getting high after that happened, but it, it, I was getting close to the point of surrendering and, yeah. and God was letting me know, you know, when he told me I'm lifting the grace off your life to be here. If you don't leave today, I already know that it was grace that had kept me alive. And even with grace, when I was out there, I got beat one time till I didn't look human for two months, even with grace on it. You know, I had all kinds of issues and problems. I had three children when I was in, I have a total of four children, but I had three children out there on the streets that my family was raising. So I have been through a lot in jail, in and out of mental hospitals and, and things of that nature. So I, even with grace, I still experienced the consequences of sin. And so I knew that I needed to leave because grace wasn't, I knew something really bad was going to happen if I did, if I stayed. And since I left, God has done miraculous work in my life. Two years oh, after really? I left the crack house, I was the personal assistant to the Honorable Reverend George K. Hartwell. He was the director of the Community Leadership Institute. It used to be housed at Quinas the College. He closed it uh, after a few years. But anyway, he was also the mayor of Grand Rapids. So like two ah! years, two years, uh, he was the mayor for years. Rosalind Bliss is the mayor now, but George Hartwell was the mayor for years. And I was his personal assistant for three years, two years after I walked away from the crack house. And so, wow. you know, God is strategic. He gave me a program. He downloaded a kingdom concept called the lies that bind. I had a contract doing it. it. He gave me a kingdom concept. It taught me how to put it in secular language to use in the secular industry. So I have a, a version of the program I use in the secular industry. And I have a program, a version of it that I use with the body of Christ. God gave me both versions. And so I could go in, go ye into the world. So I could go ye into the court system. I contracted yeah, yeah, with yeah. 61st district court from 2000, December of 2003 until until February of 2015 when I gave the contract up and they continue using the program delivered by somebody I trained 
who re, and he and they used it until August of 2020 when he retired. And so, God, I've had contracts, federal, state, local contracts doing my work. I manualized my programs, the youth wow. and the adult. I train other people, other therapists. Wow. I have I've award I've won two awards. All of that is to the that's that's God getting down. Come on now, come on now. What now, are you doing? God, that's just God giving down. Giving and down. I tell, I tell people all the time. The greater the trial, the greater the blessing. So look at the transformation and all the things that he's doing on your behalf. But because you were in the streets, he gave you that secular piece mm -hmm. so that you can go and reach the streets and pull yeah. them out. Yeah, everybody not coming to church. And then when when God say go ye into the world, the revelation, the rhema revelation he gave me, I don't know if it's a rhema revelation, maybe other people got it, but he told me that means go ye into the criminal justice field, go ye into the arts and entertainment field, go ye into the medical field, go mm. ye into the foster care field, go mm. ye into the food and nutrition field. Whatever you mm. bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever man. you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Come Whatever on, methodologies, ideologies, and concepts that you download from the throne room gotta yes. give you a concept that you can take into a secular industry because in my work and i'm trying to figure out how this camera goes without my other camera but when i went in the other and when i go like with the court that's a secular entity i couldn't go in there saying in the book of psalms but i had to go in right, there right. and introduce these women to the lies that was keeping them bound to a to, to drugs and alcohol and crime and things. And so God gave me how to put the truth in everyday language. It's still the truth. It's still the word. It's just an everyday wow. language. And so wow. and then he gave me the, the version for the body of Christ, which is me. I, I don't have to put a hit on it. It's me. Atheists have went through the secular version of my program and been like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. They, I, wow. and Here's the testimony. Some of these people, because the court would send me when they first started working with me, they sent me to people that got kicked out of every program they had ever been in. They sent me to people that spit in the police officer face when they got arrested. They sent me people who cursed the judge out in the courtroom and had to be drug out. The, wow. the probation officers would send me the referral and at the bottom they would say good luck. And so, but, but the reason I was able to reach these people is because I recognize that type of rage is untreated trauma because mm -hmm. in active addiction, the police used to have to get out their car with pepper spray to contain me and take me to wow. Detroit receiving hospital to the crisis unit, which was the central intake for all the mental hospitals where they evaluated you and then sent you out in the ambulance. They would have to put me in pepper spray me, put me in handcuffs. When I got to the crisis center, I, they knew me on a first name basis. I went so often. They would be like, Miss Freeman, we getting ready to take the handcuffs off. Are you going to cooperate? But they already knew the answer. So they had two guys there with leather straps waiting to restrain me. They had a nurse with a liquid straight jacket in a needle. They was going to need all of that. And that, wow. that was rage. That was trauma. Wow. That was like, I was like a caged animal. And so when the, when the court sent me these people, they didn't scare me. First of all, wow. I've been in Dracula's castle for 15 exactly. years, known as exactly. the crack house. But exactly. I also understood the trauma. And so, so, so when, but at the end of each 12 weeks, we did a little graduation ceremony. Mm. And the probation officers would come. And a lot of times the judge would come from drug court and sobriety court. But anyway, when we would do the graduate, because I think they were just curious to see these people that cussed me out, spitting the police off. They, they did finish the program. But anyway, they bought a copy of my book, one of my books, right? The court brought a bunch of them. And they would give wow. a copy to each woman who completed the 12-week cycle. Wow. Now I got God all through that book. So a lot of the people who were atheists who had went through my program, they would let me know because I was ministering at churches. So they'd be like, Yeah, I heard you as an evangelist. I'm an atheist. I'd be like, Is that okay? Congratulations. Hey. I'm a Christian. <laughs> and I'm just here to help you get off dope. Okay. You know, and so and so so anyway, by the end of the 12 weeks, and at the graduation, I would mess with them. At the graduation ceremony, you know, I'm handing people their book, I'm autographing the people handing their book. And and they would be like, I would be like, oh, I can't give you this book. I was like, you told me you was an atheist. And they would be, and they'd be like, can I have my book, Miss Freeman, please? So, so what I'm saying is that they were so impressed by the program, the, yeah. the kingdom download. I downloaded on, that program from the Trump. Come on, now. Come on, I, 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 
I thought crack was a good idea. You know, it ain't my wisdom. Right, right. Wisdom from above. And right. so, so they were so impressed. They wanted to read the book that got God in every, every other page, even though mm. they identify as atheists, right? Come on, so yeah. God will use us as testimonies because everybody not yeah. coming to church. So yeah. we got to go into the world. And when yeah. we go into these industries and revolutionize them, that's going to be the testimony that's going to want to add people, make people say, what church you go to? I had a lot of them. A lot of them went through my program. What church you go to, Miss Freeman? Hmm. 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 Testimony. Wow. Be a testimony. Exactly. exactly. Change these industries. Absolutely. Fix the problems in the education Absolutely. field. Fix Absolutely. the problems in the medical field. Fix Absolutely. the problem in the food and nutrition field. That's what we're supposed to do. Sort Come and light. Sort and light. Agents. Agents. Sort and light. Satan ain't gonna cast out Satan. All right, I'm doing I'm done preaching. Come on now. So let me tell you. <laughs> this is just uh the sentiment of this is just the sentiment of revelations what the bible says that we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony amen what a powerful testimony amen what a powerful testimony and i'm telling you we could go on and on <laughs> and on and on so i just really want to thank you for being so transparent you're such an amazing storyteller i tell you the truth Girl, this needs to be a movie, <laughs> a movie. And so I'm telling you, it is, what am I doing here? But when I tell you, I am so grateful that you came to share tonight. And so, well, it's my night. And so <laughs> anywhere around the world that you came to share with my audience today. And so for the sake of time, let's shift because okay. this is going to be cut up into two parts. <laughs> hey, it's got to be cut up in two parts. And so I always ask each one of my guests three questions at the okay. end. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so the first question, what is your definition? What, what are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for the delivering power of the Holy Spirit, for the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. I'm just so grateful that God had mercy on me and that he delivered me and that the deliverance is continuing, that he Come keeps me free. He who the Son set free is free indeed. Free indeed. Amen. And mm -hmm. you know what? Let me encourage somebody out there who is going through, uh, who have, who's going through addiction drug addiction, alcohol addiction, crack cocaine, um, heroin, uh, or have family members. Yep. The power of prayer yes. and intercessory. Yes. The blood still works. Yes, it does. Yes, it and does. I'm telling you, the word of God will not return void. Mm -hmm. So but you have to put those seeds in in order to get fruit yes okay you yes. can't neglect that even though it wasn't done the right way yeah. you know it had a lot of distortion in it but the word will yep. not return will not. boy I can't the word of god is true mm -hmm. god is so real if you didn't see the realness of how <laughs> god operates in this story my god <laughs> And all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. Yes. And them demons will flee. Yes. We have the power and the authority to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Yes. And yes. so we have to exercise the power and the authority that God has given us and that he has put within us. Woo. Amen. Good stuff. <laughs> so second question. What is your definition of peace? My definition of peace is being at rest, knowing that God is my provider. He's my sanctifier. He's my healer. He's my sanctifier. He's my righteousness. He's my peace. He's my provider. He's he's ever present. He's my shepherd and he's my protector. And so I, I went to a church years ago 
where my pastor, Joel Brooks Jr., that he was my pastor back then. My pastor is Pastor Bill Winston now, but back then it was Pastor Joel Brooks Jr. at, at Stone Center in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He did, he preached on the eight Jehovah-Ristic compounds of, of God's name for a year. He thought he was getting ready to preach eight sermons when God gave mm. him the message, but he, he broke down each Jehovah-Ristic compound so you could understand who God is to you. And he stayed on peace for about a month. He stayed mm. on Jehovah Jireh versus the spirit of mammon for two months. Like at mm. the end of that year, I was, in, I, I entered into a level of peace I had never been at because his wow. name, for his name's sake. Mm. See, his on, name man. is at stake. See, his yeah. name is at stake. So everything he's promised us that he said he's going to be our righteousness. He's going to be our healer. He's going to be our sanctifier. He's going to be our peace. He's going to be our provider. He's going to be ever present. He's going to be our shepherd. He's going to be our protector. His name is at stake. That's why he yeah. put it at stake. So after he broke that down and broke down the importance of a blood covenant and how serious a blood covenant is, I entered into a level of peace that just, hey, Hey, like, wow. like he's his name at stake. So he's got to do, wow. he's got to do what he said he's going to do because his name and is he, at stake. Exactly. He has to show up and show out. Yes. It's all about yep. him getting the glory. Yep. 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 So it's a matter of you dining your sin mm -hmm. or making mm -hmm. the choice yep. to turn, confess, and turn the other way. Yeah. But his name's sake. God is not a but man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. sake. For his name's yeah. sake. His name is at stake. His name is at stake. He got it's to fulfill. He got it. Yeah, he got to fulfill his word. So that Come just helped me go to a whole other house, level. You still, yes. you know, you you still calling on his name in the drug house. Come on, man. And a lot of people was praying for me. I want to make this point real quick, Pamela. A lot of people prayed for me those 15 years. So I want to encourage anybody who's been praying for somebody for a long time because it may seem like it's not working because they still out there. It may have mm -hmm. seemed like to my family. I don't know. They've never said it or not. They never told me. But it could have seemed like to my family it wasn't working all those years that they prayed and fasted for me. Yes, but yes. those times when people had their hands around my neck, those times when that guy tried to mm. take me up there to my limb, those was prayers. The time when I got in the car and that guy said I'm going to let you out this car and I saw death in his eyes those were prayers being answered yes. so it yes. did seem like the prayers weren't working but the prayers were working yes 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 I'm telling you I'm telling you in accessory yes. works yes works mm -hmm. so don't get weary in well doing for in due season Yes. You shall reap if you faint not. not. So right. I just praise God for those people who were praying on your behalf. Yes. yes. I know they were uh, shouting something, something when you <laughs> came up out the streets. <laughs> but to make, okay, so here we go. <laughs> so you know that I have the private Facebook group, Broken Pieces to Peace, okay. where we help people go from their broken pieces of their past into a life of peace yes. so what are some of the things share with our audience some of the things that you do to maintain your sense of peace whether it's daily routines or rituals mm -hmm. that you have mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the things that you would like to recommend or share with our audience that will help them get on the path of letting go of their broken pieces okay and put them into or move them in forward into a life of peace so for some people some people not all people but some people need trauma therapy mm -hmm. some sure. people have been so wounded they need a christian and i believe a good christian trauma therapist who can help them and also incorporate the word of god into their healing process sure. mm -hmm. and then and then because i went through trauma therapy i did sure. and so and then i also recommend you know having a spiritual routine that you that you that you follow on a regular basis. Like in the morning when I get up, like I spend at least half an hour, sometime an hour listening to one of my spiritual mentors, either my pastor or one of the other spiritual mentors that I 
that that I follow, been following for years, like TD Jakes or mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Cindy Trim. But I but it's like it's me. Like I can't listen to no watered down extra right. It's gotta be the word, the whole word, and it's gotta be kingdom focused, or yes. I can't listen to it. Yes. And so and then I pray and I have a series, and I ask God to teach me how to pray. And mm -hmm. so I have a series of prayers, a, a way that I pray that uses the Lord's prayer, but it's expounded upon. So God told me how to do that. He taught me. Then I bind and loose. I take mm. authority and bind and loose. And God told me how to do that because of the level of my anointing and the type of mm. what I do is, is exposing lies, saying, putting people's yeah. con unconscious mind. I face a level of warfare that is ridiculous. So there's certain things that I have to do with regards to binding and loosing. And then I also have certain things I play into the atmosphere. John Eckhart or Dr. Cindy Trim Atomic Prayer. Yeah, cleansing the atmosphere. And, and then I work out five days a week. I, mm -hmm. I lift, I do weight training and um, Pilates and mm -hmm. I'm vegan. So I'm not telling everybody to go vegan, but you can ask God to teach you how to take care of your temple because yeah. the devil is killing a lot of Christians. He's like, if I can't kill you with dope and alcohol, I'll kill you at the all you can eat buffet. Yeah, so he's killing a lot of Christians and keeping them where they in the hospital so they can't be at their post and be on duty because he got them all messed up with disease sure. causing food. And so it's hard to be at peace when you, you got all kind of health problems and you don't feel you know good about the way you look and the devil is tormenting you because you don't of the eating. So I recommend you like eating healthy and asking the Holy Spirit to teach you how to eat healthy, exercising mm -hmm. and doing your spiritual maintenance every single day. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good. That's good. And I, I, again, I am so grateful that you have come to, you accepted the invitation mm -hmm. to come and share with my audience today. It's been such a blessing. And I know that someone was touched. This message might not be for everybody, but this message was definitely for somebody. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's so powerful. So your story is going to serve to give somebody a sense of hope to mm -hmm. keep praying, yeah. keep praying for their yeah. son, their daughter, their mother, their yeah. father, their brother. And this message is for people who ain't never even been on drugs because this is what this is how God used my story for people who grew up in the church who had never been on drugs, right? Yeah. They they would come to me when I used to go to Bishop William C. Adney's church, God rest his soul. People would come up to me after I got my, you know, second and third degree. They would be like, girl, God been telling me to go to school for years to give my degree, give my education. Now, if you could go to school and graduate. Come I know on, I can do it. And so there was people that had never been on drugs that saw me as that. Nah, I don't have no excuse for anything God told me to do. If God could do something with her. And it didn't right. bother me that they looked at me like that. You would, They was right. I was that yeah. messed up. So yeah. people who, who have never been out there who are living in fear or not going after you know the things that God had told them to do, it still was a testimony that reached them because they were like, if God can lift her up out the dope house, messed up as she was, it, God can do anything. And so Amen. it encouraged people to Amen. do what God told them to do. Amen. He can do all things but fail. Right? Right there. You know, prime <laughs> example right there. You heard it tonight. All right. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this time. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely, Cherie. This message can bless many and it is going to bless many. I assure you of that. <laughs> and so if you would like to get in touch with uh with if you would like to get in touch with Anisha, then you can reach her at you stake and reach me at yeah anishaconsulting.com or anishaspeaks.com. I have a contact page on each of my websites, anishaconsulting.com or anishaspeaks.com. Absolutely. And you have a new book. 
Yes, I do. In March. Yes, it's volume two of what's really going on. This is volume one um, that was released some years ago, but I'm releasing volume two. Each volume can stand alone and I'll be releasing. It has 31 articles that was featured in my column. I used to write for the Grand Rapids Times when I lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And each article is written in the vein of cognitive restructuring. That was just a fancy secular term for mind renewal. And, and so mm. it's, it's 33 articles of, of, of mind renewing information and I will be releasing it March 1st. It will be on, it will, the ebook will be available on Amazon and I'll have the hard copies available on my website and on Amazon March the 15th. But I'm going to put the ebook, it'll be up by, by March the 1st on Amazon, on Kindle. All right. So March 1st, you heard it, it's coming out. Yeah. So we will be looking for that book. That is going to be amazing, amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, I definitely want to thank you once again for spending this time with us. And I pray that you will meet me back here in the morning where we read the entire Bible in 365 days. You heard me. So, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But wherever you may be joining us in the world, make sure you take check your local time zone so that you will be able to join us. If you have not joined, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure you go over and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And then uh, make sure you join me next week for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This, where I will have another amazing guest telling their phenomenal story. And then on Fridays, God has expanded our territory into TV. And so now we have the opportunity to be in over 50 million households in uh, on the Daily Gospel Network. So if you have Apple TV, uh, Roku, if you have uh, Amazon Fire TV, then make sure you go over and uh, join us on the broadcast, the Daily Gospel Network. And so I look forward to seeing you all. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again. We love you all. Take care. Take charge. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye for now.